Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, welcome to the Modern Waiter Podcast. I'm Marlon Joseph, the Modern Waiter, where we discuss all things restaurant business, learn something, laugh at something. And on today's podcast, we have the author of A la Carte, The Restaurant Diaries, Brandon Bradley. Hey, how's everyone doing out there today? Welcome, welcome. And as usual, I'm joined by my good friend, Danny DeVilla. What's up, people? So thank you so much for your time, taking your time to be with us this morning. How, uh, uh, absolutely, it's my pleasure. So, um, so I'm assuming your restaurant is doing uh, takeout if you're working? Yes, we're doing um, takeout, so we're doing delivery and curbside. With our delivery service, we're making sure that even on the phone, we're getting our guests to see if they want to leave a tip before we um, the driver brings it so we can have a contactless delivery. Um, mm-hmm. With that, we're dropping off the food, so we, we make sure that our drivers are wearing gloves, two sets of gloves. One, so when they get there, they put the gloves on, they knock on the door or ring the bell, put the food out onto the porch or on the balcony. They step away. I've been telling them step away almost 10 feet. When the guests <laughs> come out, we wave and say everything looks good, and we leave. Okay. Um, and as far as when people come to pick up, we do, we absolutely do not let anyone into the building, not even to use the restroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're people know to just stay at their cars, and we're bringing it to their cars. So the same thing is once um, we make sure that we're wearing gloves to bring it out to the car, making sure that we're having one person handle the money and one person on the phone so we don't have different people on that same phone line and the same person handling money. Um so when they come out um, to, to the car, they have their gloves on. When they come back, um, making sure they're washing their hands and changing their gloves. What's the uh, general attitude of the of the guests? Are they uh, pretty much the same and or, or, or has there been a shift in their attitude? It's been a shift um, as far as at first um, people. Well, I can't even say at first, just immediately people are more thankful that we are open, thankful that we're giving them a service. And they're more um, concerned about us because when our guests come up now, I would say 90 percent of them have on gloves and a face mask when they're coming to pick up their orders. And they're asking us how we stand safe, how we stand healthy. Um, So. To the most part, everyone's been receptive and making sure that we're good. Um, I have had guests call to ask 
what is our procedures uh walk you know they want to know from sanitizing what are we doing how are we keeping ourselves safe are we taking temperatures of our of our employees before they come in uh, what's our hand washing policy i never thought i'd be an expert at, of explaining the hand washing policy uh, <laughs> but now i'm an expert um, i even went home and told my kids this is the way that you wash your hands you know so um, and making sure that they know that, you know, we, we in the restaurant industry, we'll say, um, used to sing happy birthday, or now I'm telling them, so you to sing happy birthday as you wash your hands, or count to 30 as you wash your hands, making sure you're lathering up. So the same thing I'm telling our guests, those are the same things I'm telling my kids when I get home as well. That's super funny because um, we did uh, here at home, I washed my hands and I had my daughter um, time me. And it was half of it was like 15 seconds wow. of what it was supposed to be. So then then I started to implement the song thing or, you know, counting because it feels like a long time. But generally, you know, we wash our hands, but we, we don't really have that mental time. At least I didn't have that mental time uh, in, um, in 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 mind. So, it, yes. Well, even before that, I, I would always been an advocate. I've taught my children and I teach some of the people at, or everyone at work, even when you go into the restroom, you know, that the dirtiest place besides the urinals or the, you know, the commode is actually the handles that you're touching at the sink. So I tell them that make sure the first thing you do is you turn it on the handle, you lather up, you wash, and then you take before you turn it off you recontaminate your hands when you're touching the, the handles to make sure that you're grabbing a paper towel you're wiping your hands first take that same paper towel to turn off the handles mm -hmm. take that same paper towel to open up the door and then throw that away so you're not touching the contaminated handles so um you know i i, I can actually work for the cdc now i believe <laughs> <laughs> And we could all do surgery except for nothing past the hand washing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right, that's it right there. And um, you have over 30 years experience in the restaurant business. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. How did you get your start and what stop along your journey gave you the biggest leap forward? Yes. Um, just as a, as a child, I've always been a people person. Uh, I always like pleasing people. And when um, my first job, I, I was 14 when I first started off in the restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. And I was nervous um, starting out. Um, but just, and it was at an ice cream shop. And I just remember the first time I saw someone making a um, a banana split and how, how, how you could just make it look wonderful. And when I made my first banana split at 14 years old and people would come in and say, hey, I just want him to make my banana split. I'm like, wow. So I just love pleasing people and love um, just really just taking care of people. Um, and that's just how my start had. And um, just the ability, I learned at a young age, just the ability to how to talk to people saying please and thank you and yes, just gets you you know, takes you a long way. So from there, um, my next journey, I was in college and I was working at restaurants, pizza place, back and forth. Never thought I was going to stay in the restaurant industry that long. And um, I ended up getting a waiter job and absolutely fell in love with it. And the rest is history. 
Okay. So what uh, what place do you consider what gave you the biggest leap forward? Wait, do you perhaps uh, gave you most opportunity or an opportunity to learn more about the business, or was it just piecemeal? Um, I believe just um, I, I spent my the majority of my time um, twenty three years. Um, with one cup that with Red Lobster for over 23 years. And, oh, wow. Um, Darden Man. Yes, Darden Man. <laughs> uh, I'm no longer with them, but when I was with them, uh, just along the way, just, you know, I was an infant with them, I say, and I uh, grew up into, you know, to an adulthood with them. And I've seen everything along the way from when I was a waiter. And I saw that, you know, I, I thought that I could never be, become a manager, never want to be a manager. Mm -hmm. But then the more I um, worked and saw some of the the way that managers handled things, some were good and some were not so good. I said, well, you know what? I can at least do what they're doing, you know. And <laughs> so once I became a manager, it was the same thing, you know, just making sure I um, figured out my craft and, Sometimes I believe that it takes me a little bit longer, but I, I like to make sure I have it. Once I have it, I got it. Um, but once I became a manager, I never thought I would want to be a general manager or a manager partner or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, I, that was way above my level. And then, I, you know, as I worked with more managers and seeing things again, some things good, some things bad, I said, you know what? I can at least be a general manager. I know I can do that. Um, and, you know, so then I became a general manager as well. And um, it's always been the same thing. I, even when I do, do um, orientation with new hires or anything like that, I tell them it's two components. It's food and people. That's it. Once you come in, it's food and people. Everything else we can learn. But it, as long mm -hmm. as we understand that we're taking care of people and delivering piping hot food, great food those are the two things so everything else can be learned i'd rather teach someone how to um about the menu that has a great attitude versus hire someone who has a piss poor attitude um and you know they, they may have been a waiter or been a manager at many places before but they don't have the personality to go along with it i'd rather teach that person that has a great attitude because again it's just simply food and people True, mm -hmm. true personality does go a long way not to quote pulp fiction <laughs> yes <laughs> and uh okay so the uh we did a podcast uh a while back called the restaurant dream and it really centered around w what is it about people that, that uh the the restaurant business is so romantic to entrepreneurs that they want to start a restaurant start a restaurant that's uh, a, a reoccurring theme and you could tell by the the sheer number of restaurants that exist in our society. What uh, warning or advice would you give someone who wants to own their own restaurant or getting to, you know, being a managing partner and things like that? Absolutely. Um, well, I will say disregard what I just said. If you want to become an owner of a restaurant, that is good <laughs> people because you can have the greatest um attitude in the world but if you don't have that business acumen to realize it's a business and it's about profitability um then you won't be successful so you, you really have to dive into the numbers and really understand that um it, it's truly a business that you have to live it 
um, being in the restaurant industry is different than other industries. You know, a lot of other industries, you go to work, um, get up early, go to work, and 5 o'clock, you're shutting down the doors versus the restaurant is 24 hours. I mean, even if something's going on at, you know, your people still in the restaurant at 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, your cleaning staff, um, if you have a cleaning staff, they're coming in in the middle of the night and your alarm can go off or your pest control people. So it's just a lot of different things. So going into the restaurant industry, um, even though it has many rewards, um, you have to make sure that that's something that you can balance as far as with that workload because it just, you never have any off time. It can be very rewarding, but you, you definitely have no off time. You're always have to be available. You do, you do have to live it, live it, live it. And I think, uh, it's not as romantic. Uh, that's was the point of the whole podcast. It's not as romantic. You have to be willing to put the work in and it could be gratifying. Um, Absolutely. I, I think having a work life balance, um, and that's along the lines of anything, but being in the restaurant industry, you have to, you know, you have to put your time in and maybe that first year of going into business or first year taking over a restaurant via managing partner or GM or anything, you have to really spend more hours than you want to at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But as long as you and still having the right people in place, um, you can establish some type of work-life balance and make sure that the people that's working for you have that balance as well. True. True. It all starts from the top. Yes, sir. So let's talk about your your book, A la carte, The Restaurant Diaries. Why did you write yes. that book? I'm sorry. I had to find time to write the book. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, I've had this idea for years. Uh I probably started writing the book 10 years ago, um, and it started off just by, um, you know, I had one of my friends I used to always vent to, um, and I said, okay, it was getting later and later, I get off work, so I would just come home, and I would just, uh, because I couldn't believe it, um, certain things that would happen, and I would just go ahead and, um, you know, open up my laptop and jot some of the things down, um, and said I want to do it, but, but I was just really you know, putting different stories in there. And then last year I said, you know what, let's go ahead and write the book. So prior to me writing the the first nine years, I probably had no more than six or 7,000 words. And then last year I went ahead and wrote the other 60,000 words to go with it (laughs) to make the book. And when I wrote it, it was intended to be one book. And then as I started going through my stories, I said, wow, I have enough for six or seven books. So it's actually going to be a six-part series. The second book is coming out this summer. Um, And then I'm going to try to have the third book out um, by the first of the year. So we're doing a six- to seven-part series um, because of just too many things. And who knows? It may be more than that. Um, But it's really following the journey of um, kind of, you know, the the character – it's almost similar to my 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 story, and I'm using that to guide throughout the whole six or seven books. And the uh, character's name, I believe, is Carter. Yes, Carter. Okay. So I even reference with Carter um, in my synopsis of the book. It says that Carter had never seen a gun, a pocket knife, or illegal drugs before working in a restaurant, and people are like, "What?" Like. 
they wouldn't understand until you work in a restaurant. You know, people, again, see it as just you're coming to a restaurant to get food. But all the storylines that happen behind just um, the food. Is, so many different is, walks you know, of life. They, yeah, absolutely. So um, it, it's been a it's, it's been a great journey reminiscing, going over the story, especially at the beginning of um, Carter's journey. Um He's seen everything. He, he said, you know, again, he had never seen the, a, a gun before working in the restaurant. And the first time seeing that is when um, one of the employees is pulling a gun out on someone else, you know, inside the restaurant. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you see this on TV, but now you're seeing this in person. So um, it's been very enjoyable writing. And Carter has a great story to tell. So, um, oftentimes these things happen. We shake our heads and say, only in the restaurant. Can you give us a story from your diaries that uh, where you shook your head and said, only in the restaurant? Oh, let me see. Only in the restaurant. Yes. Yeah, so, um, I have one. Um, I can go with one that actually I haven't wrote about yet. Uh, so, it kind of be a preview. Um, but I, I look at how. You know, sometimes people, you know, you just never know what's in someone's food. And um, I remember a time that someone cut their fingertip off. Cut oh, my God. And when they cut their fingertip off, we rushed to take care of that person who cut their fingertip off. So we're getting them together, um, calling, you know, getting them to the hospital, everything else. So now someone else was in the cooler. They never knew this happened. They come out the cooler and pick up the product that they were working on and they just start portioning it up. And then you fast forward six hours later, someone's eating their pasta oh. and they're like, what is this? And oh. now as a, you know, a manager, or there was a fingertip at the food. You're like, I don't know what that is. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I yeah. was not wow. expecting that. That's that's a great story. As the story unfolds, my mouth is like a gate. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Ooh. that's why you pray over your food. <laughs> wow! Wow! That's 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 yeah, that's TV stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I truly believe it's TV stuff right there. <laughs> You also in extended um, your reach by starting a Facebook group called, uh, by the same name, The Restaurant Diaries. And, yes. Um, what is your mission related to the Facebook group? Um, originally, when I started it, I, I was selfish. I, I wanted to start it. Um, I started it prior to my book coming out because I was trying to generate some sales for it. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and and, and it started just with people I knew. And then from that, I started to see that, okay, it became from being a selfish thing to being a, more of a relief thing because people are, are getting off of work or while they're at work, they're able to relate to certain things that's, you know, that other people has related to. Someone to leave a comment and then you'll have 50 other people leave a comment on that saying, wow, so it's not just me. So it can almost be therapy for it. And, um, and when we started, it started with me and my wife. I told my wife and my oldest daughter, like, well, you, you have to be part of this. I have to get people in there. And then now it's grown to, it's almost a thousand followers on it in less than a year. Um, and it, it just continued to grow. And, you know, and I'm 
reaching out to people across the, you know, the nation that I've never would have met. I never would have met you or, you know, if it wasn't through Instagram or Facebook and it's given me a bigger reach. Um, some people that, that would never have met before and establishing relationships, you know, via through social media, but you never know where it can take you. And other people are meeting, making connections and there may be someone that you worked with 20 years ago and now they're, you know, they're in Florida and we were in Michigan and now they're able to connect when they move to different states and it's through that group. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how uh, content creators are so incredible and now have, I mean, I was, you know, everybody gets memes here and there, but man, <laughs> those things got me rolling. It, yes. It's, uh, it, it's, there's some, there's some really smart people out there absolutely i wish i was one of them but through this you can you know meet people that can you know stretch your mind and imagination more than you've ever would have thought of before true so um let's see here uh, before i let you go uh I, I gotta ask some some silly questions and some serious questions okay uh who does the cooking in your family I do the majority of the cooking in the family. Okay. Now, my wife can cook, because I know she's listening to this. My <laughs> wife can cook. Uh, but I, I do the majority of the cooking in the family. At home or, or even from the restaurant? I'm at home. In a restaurant, I can cook everything in a restaurant, but typically I'm a people person, so um, I'm always thrown out, um, <laughs> thrown out to the front. Now, I can't get back there and... Um, and cook everything with the best of them, but um, I'm always needed out front. Nice. What is your number one food you can't live without? Uh, you know what? Um, I, I would say pizza. My belly is... Ah, he's got me. something in you, common with you, you got a friend in me, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, pizza is it. Um any kind of pizza, it doesn't matter from uh, hot and ready all the way up to New York style pizza. Um, pizza is it for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I am with <laughs> you there. <laughs> yes, pizza. sir. And um, which, which is harder to take, a complaint on food or a complaint on service? Um, I would say complaint on service. Really? Um. Yes. The the food, even though it's, it's hard to take the complaint on the food, um, that can be a one-off. But when you have a complaint on service, typically that has something to do with how that person is. That's a reflection on your management style. That's a reflection on who you hire. Mm -hmm. That's just that's a huge reflection on how you do things. Now, granted, people make mistakes. Um but when it's a continuous mistake or as if it's a behavioral issue, you know, I tell people all the time that um, when you are in the restaurant industry, you you can be an actor. As a matter of fact, you are an actor. Um, so it doesn't matter how you're feeling. Um, you're always on stage. So even if you're having a sidebar conversation, someone in that restaurant is looking at you. So um, I'm really hard on service uh, because, again, um, if you have two places, I even said this in the interview, if you have two or three places that people can go eat at, what's going to, and 
say they had a place they had a taste for seafood or they may have a taste for um what they they have a taste for um, ribs or shrimp or anything like that what's going to be their compelling reason to come to you if the food is all good everywhere it's going to be the service that you give so the service is important service is everything service is why i i choose where i go i mean i think about where i'm going to have good service or have a good time maybe see a familiar face or something like that but you're right it's, absolutely it's, it's super important absolutely i agree would you rather close open or work a double <laughs> I would, uh, <laughs> that's tough However, I would say, I know this sounds crazy, but I would rather close open, really? typically because I can set myself up for an uh, easy transition morning. So when I close, um, I would do everything that I needed for the morning, and then I can get more things accomplished in the morning because I've done everything at night. Um, so I'm just waiting for people to come in. All of my work is typically done if I do a close open. Makes sense. sense. I have uh, one last one for you. What is okay. what is more stressful for, to you, uh, long ticket times or a, a long wait at the door? Mm, uh, <laughs> long, long ticket times. Long ticket times are uh, because you could, to be honest, if you have long ticket times and maybe your staff is you're understaffed or you don't have the greatest staff on. Uh, people are a little bit more forgiving when they're waiting in the lobby and they have no expectation, especially if it's a weekend and they're coming in and you tell them it's going to be a 45 minute wait. A lot of times people expect that, not saying that's okay, but as long as they're sitting in the lobby, once they're sitting at the table and they have to wait longer for that food, mm -hmm. uh, that, that's an issue. So sometimes you can pace the restaurant, or not sometimes, you can pace the way your food coming out on how you're seating the restaurant. True, true. Well, I did promise you uh, that I'll let you go on that last one, but you did mention ice cream, that you worked in an ice cream parlor. What's your favorite, yes. what's your favorite ice cream uh, flavor? I, this sounds crazy, but my favorite ice cream flavor by far is rainbow sherbet. Rainbow sherbet. Wow, what a throwback. <laughs> by far. <laughs> By far. With that, we're gonna we're gonna thank you so much for uh, congratulations on the book and the pending book, uh, uh, the part two. Uh, book two, series. Yeah, book I'm kind of looking forward. To it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, uh, before we leave, I just tell people that um, you know they can get the book on uh, brandondbradley.com, or you can just go to Amazon and get it as well. If um, anyone's interested in the book and then if there's anyone on facebook and interested in joining the facebook group uh, just type in restaurant diaries so there's a private group uh, but if you're in the industry or love food and people um uh, we'll definitely um, add you to the list and your uh your instagram is at bradley brandon bradley i'm brandon d bradley brandon d bradley at brandon d bradley perfect perfect yes. perfect thank you so much for joining us and congratulations again on the book. And uh, thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Modern Waiter podcast. I'm Marlon Joseph, the Modern Waiter. I'm Danny DeVilla, and subscribe, 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 people. And thank you so much for uh, for being a part of the show. So. Thank you.